forward for sure but you know sometimes it's just like i don't want to fill waste your time like who needs a filler podcast episode we all have things that are better than a podcast you're like well kind of really didn't learn anything i promise you that will not be today's podcast i actually this is the second time i've tried to tape this podcast bluntly because the first time i didn't think it came out very good but I think this is a conversation that needs to happen, and it's funny, actually. Uh, right as I was sitting down t- to record it the second time, a, a good buddy of mine, um, Eric Bimefor, you can follow him on Twitter, at Eric Bimefor, tweeted about the same topic that I wanted to talk about. So I- I- I'm going to try to do it my way, and you know, I, I think that this is going to come off pretty controversial. And I... Let me be clear. I'm not insulting anyone's work. I'm not insulting why they're doing the work. I think people care. And what am I talking about? Best ball drafts. So best ball tournaments are larger than ever. Um, There's one on Underdog that's a $3.5 million tournament, $1 million and $1 to first. There is uh, some others across the industry too. Um, And it looks like DraftKings is going to have one as well with a million dollars to first. I'm not sure when they're going to release it, but I, I know that they're offering tickets for it. Now you can start earning some tickets for it. Uh, it can be a $20 entry price point. Um, again, fantastic. And as such, the content creators out in the world are writing these based on last year pieces. This is when you should draft. This is how many running backs you should draft. This is how many wide receivers you should draft. This is the optimal strategy of what to do. And it is affecting the ADPs and the strategies across my best balls. I'm seeing 7 to 10 running backs fewer drafted in my drafts than were last year. Why? Because there's been this movement of hyper-fragile. you gotta be, you got to take four running backs only, and you got to be super fragile and all of this and all that. And I just want to go back to the first words I said, though. Based on last year. 2020. Okay. Let's take even 2020 aside. We are basing, or excuse me, the industry is basing all these pieces. And again, I read this content. Obviously, it's how I know it's an issue, right? I love the content and I'm not saying that it's pointless or it's worthless. I'm not saying that. But it was one 16 season game season of football where things happen. Christian McCaffrey got hurt. Saquon Barkley got hurt. Most importantly, I would argue, Dak Prescott got hurt. Dallas stacks were looking like the absolute nuts through the first few weeks until Dak got hurt. If Dak doesn't get hurt, those strategy pieces, based on using last year's data to try to figure out what we should be doing, would be completely different. You know why? Football's a a star-driven sport. And we can't project which players are going to get hurt or which way the players are going to get hurt. 
or when they get hurt. But what I can tell you is that one 16-game sample size is not a huge sample size. Now, maybe after we do this for 10 to 15 years, if trends start to develop in best balls, okay, cool. I'm absolutely happy to hop on at that point. I'm absolutely happy to say, you know, okay, maybe these are trends that matter. But I'm seeing a huge opportunity to zig while the whole field is zagging right now. It's just, it's honestly as strong as it's ever been to just, I, I hate zero running back. I hate it. I, I, I think it's been the most over-talked about thing that has never won jack shit. I thought it was, I think, I thought, I honestly thought it was the dumbest thing in the industry. Straight up. Maybe not the dumbest, but like one of the dumbest things I constantly saw on my Twitter timeline was zero RB. I think at one point I even muted it from my Twitter words. But if everyone's going to go hyper fragile and taking three or four running backs, and so you're getting left with stronger running backs in the mid tier. For example, Javante Williams going in round seven right now. He could easily be a starter in Denver. I, I know I gave Jeff Manns a ton of crap for Javante Williams, but in the seventh round, James Robinson going the eighth round. Etienne, probably going to be the guy, but we don't know that for sure. Damian Harris, definitely going to be the lead guy in New England in the 80s. Leonard Fournette, lead guy in Tampa to start the season. Pick 93. Tony Pollard getting wide receiver snaps and one Zeke Elliott away, injury away from being like a top three back. Pick 100. Like these are guys that would go have gone earlier in past years and they're just falling because people are taking fewer and fewer running backs. And so if to me, now you can't, obviously you can't go zero RB from the one slot, right? I'm not suggesting that you take Christian McCaffrey. But when you if you can get yourself a Kelsey, a Hill, a Hopkins, a Kittle, a Waller, you know, go get yourself difference makers at those wide receivers and tight end positions, and then go zero running back. Daryl Henderson, David Johnson. Well, maybe if you think David Johnson sucks, Philip Lindsay. These are guys that are all available in the 12th to 13th rounds. By the way, that Antonio Gibson foot injury is not going anywhere. JD McKissick, ADP of 155. I think zero running back is going to win a million dollars this season. If the, if the draft trends do not change between now and opening day. I, I just, there's just no way. There's just too much our running back value. It's a longer season, right? Instead of it being a 16-game season, it's a 17-game season. Why does that matter? I think this, this is probably the most untalked about part yet. So all the, everything I've seen so far is going weeks 1 to 17, right? And week 18, they're just throwing out because the last week's stupid. Okay, let's talk about these top teams. Your Kansas City Chiefs of the world. Your Tampa Bay Bucks of the world. Your Ravens. Your Bills. It's quite possible that they have shit locked up before week 17. They might sit guys two weeks. Or they might sit them week 16, 16 and 17 and then play them week 18. We don't know what teams are going to do. We haven't seen it before. And so I think if or just everyone's just willing to just try just try to you know I'm not saying game theory is game theory is probably the wrong word. Trying to calculate 
the best way to win the billion dollars. And I just think they're going about it not necessarily the wrong way. Like I think like knowing what happened last year is good. What worked last year? What trends were there? You know, how did wide receiver values do? How did the field do trying to figure out, you know, which wide receivers are going to be worth it in rounds 14 and 15? What are the hit rate on those guys? What are the hit rate on the running backs? Because some of that certainly is player evaluation, bias, and all that. But remember last year now, we didn't have any preseason games to work on. ADPs didn't fluctuate as wildly as they will this year. There were no preseason injuries last year of major note in a game because there were no preseason games. This year, for example, we have an extra week between roster cuts and the start of the season. Players are going to find new homes. Players are going to shockingly get cut. That's going to drastically change ADP like we did not see in 2020. So I, I just want to be... I'm, again, I'm not saying it's worthless information. I, I, I think that it has value. But I think if you take this information as like, okay, last year drafting four running backs only was the way to go to maximize your upside and assume that that's going to be the case in 2021, I think you're making a mistake. And so if you hop in a best ball with me and there's three left in this one that I'm trying to start right now, I'm hopefully hoping what I'm hoping to do here is talk about some best ball picks kind of as we go through um, if, if this one can fill. But to me, I just think people are, I, I don't, no, it just feels like to me, I, I love football content as much as as anyone else. I just, it feels like that people are trying to overthink this instead of just knowing what, like general strategies that are going to hold value. Stacking, um, you know, making sure that you don't have too many players in the same bye week. Making sure that you cover, you have two quarterbacks and two tight ends and don't get stuck with one, right? Like simple things like that. Um, you know, making sure that you're, you know, like, okay, what's the end of a tier for me? Um, you know, do I, what, when should I go to the next position? Um, you know, what type of receiver should I be drafting if I get Diggs and Jefferson early? For example, you know, you probably shouldn't be drafting those safe guys. You probably should be going for more ceiling guys because you're going to be having guys with big scores in there a lot of the time. So you're going to be looking for guys that can pop in with a huge week. So maybe you want to go Henry Ruggs or Brian Edwards or some of those guys with a little more ceiling as opposed to, let's just say, maybe you draft wide receiver a little later. Then maybe Cole Beasley does make some more sense for you because you might need him as your third wide receiver a bit more often. Strategies like that, simple things like that, that hold value year after year, that are just simple football sense. It's not just best ball. It, you can take that into um, seasonal as well. Like, I think that was the biggest adjustment that I made last year in seasonal and why I had such a good season last year in seasonal. Um, ha had some overall contenders in, in the FFPC. Um, was simply because of that, right? Because that's how you... That's how you would build any team. It's how you would build any company. You would be well-rounded. And you would try to put yourself in the best position to win. And I think right now, people are just so, I don't know, trying to find the answer. Or trying to be the first one that get it. I think that's missing the point. So, um, I, I would really encourage you to remember, it was just one NFL season of 16 games. That's not that huge of a sample size. 
And I, I, I just think you have to remember too, 2020 was just the craziest year ever. I, I mentioned this, but no OTAs. Practices were in mass and meetings were virtual. And and this year it's going to be crazy too because some teams are still going to have to play by those rules if they don't get vaccinated. Some will be able to have in-person practices with no masks and in-person meetings with no masks. Like we don't know who those teams are going to be yet. But again, I think ADP this year is going to fluctuate more wildly than any other season we have ever seen in best ball because there are so many factors that people forget matter and the timelines are different and it's going to affect ADP. I just can't echo enough how I feel that if you think you got the answer right now, I, I maybe you do. Hey, maybe you do. But I, I, I think that right now, the way that it's shaking out, someone's going to draft a, a especially with that extra week, that extra week for a running back to get hurt and extra week for a guy to win a job who's being drafted late. I, I just, I, I think people are kind of looking, trying to find the forest through the trees here. And I, I don't think that you need to change radically think change things. So um, you're going to see me with a lot of zero running back builds here early on. If you're hopping in and I'm, I'm trying to draft a bit earlier than my, than last year, you know, last year I didn't draft very early. I didn't draft many early and. And this year, I, I am drafting pretty early on. Uh, oh, this is perfect, actually. I actually might be able to do one of these run, zero running back builds right now on air. I'm going to go through. I'm going to be drafting an underdog uh, draft right now um, in 45 seconds. Uh, the it'll be the first round. I drew the 1.10. The 1.10. So that's a pretty good spot to try and do this zero running back zag here. Um, you know, I need one of Kelsey or Hill to make it. Um, I could just go like completely off the board and go like Diggs and Brown or, um, Diggs and Hopkins and, and really kind of emphasize the point. I guess I might, we'll see how that goes. Ideally in a perfect world though, that Kelsey, um, or Hill makes it to me at 1.10. Uh, so I can go ahead and zero RB it from there. Um, the only running backs that I, I will just abandon ship for the zero RB, I mean, granted, this will never happen, but McCaffrey, Cook, Henry, or Kamara, if for some absurd reason one of them drops, then, then I'll take them. But other than that, um, the plan, and if, I guess if all like Diggs, Hill, and Kelsey go early, then uh, that also will abandon my zero RB ship here. So um, with that, I'm going to just kind of, read off the, some of the picks here uh, as they go. I don't want to just be like narrate the entire draft, but I do want to do like a first 10 rounds and kind of illustrate how you can get a zero RB to work. Uh, so running backs going heavy here in the first round. It, that's part of the hyper fragile strategy that is very popular right now. Get those two stud backs early on. First four picks are running backs. First five picks are running backs. Um, Alvin Kamara on the board. I imagine he'll be the next one to go. So again, first six picks will be running backs. It's kind of how you're going to see it in a lot of drafts this season. Uh, so I, I can't say I'm super surprised by that. It, it's kind of the chalk way to go at this point. And I, I, I honestly wouldn't be surprised if Kelsey fell to me at 10. Just the way that things are going uh, right now in draft rooms. Uh, so we'll see what happens. 1.7, really kind of the first decision point in a draft room. So we'll see how it goes. Uh, the guy might time out. He might not be around either, too, or using pre-rankings. So that'd be really annoying if he never shows up, to be honest, though, um, because then this will take forever. 
I really wish they put you on auto draft if you just time out for two straight rounds. That'd be the best addition that Underdog could do. Because the drafts, when you have a guy who's just AFK, are just so brutal. Take forever. Um, 30 second clock, by the way. Um, so uh, the o- only running back not taken so far is um, the auto pick of Kelsey. Um, so we'll see here. Uh, Zeke went nine. Tyreek made it to me at 10. So uh, initiate zero running back approach. Uh, let's go. We're it's gonna we're we're gonna do it. So um, Tyreek here at one ten, obviously one of the most dynamic wide receivers in the league. I don't think you, I need to tell you how fantastic he is. Um, if I wasn't doing this on the pod and Joe Mixon made it to me in the second round, I probably would take him. But um, I, I do want to kind of just show kind of the quality of running back you can get uh, late in the mid rounds in those seven, eight, nine, tenth rounds. Uh, that I think people haven't really kind of thought about. Like, okay, what's their true upside this season? So, uh, guy at the turn taking a little bit. I guess while we're waiting, I'll just remind you this podcast is brought to you by EliteSportsBetting.com. I'm killing it over in baseball. You guys should get a package, join. Uh, It's been fantastic. Um, So, this went according to plan. I have uh, Tyree Kill and Stephon Diggs to start. Um, So, this this is how I love to start it. Um, you know, if I get a tight end early, um, it gets a little tricky sometimes if the room gets wide receiver heavy on you. Uh, but some, I, I have done a uh, Kelsey Kittle um, this season. Uh, I, I think that is something that I, I always like to have the premium tight ends. I think in the playoffs, those matter more. We saw it last year, and again, one year sample size, I acknowledge. But in kind of a one week shootout where you have to beat 16 teams, you're going to need premium scores from everywhere. And Premium tight ends just don't grow on trees, so it's just tough. Like, yeah, maybe your guy has, like, one big week, but, you know, you're going to have to get through three or four rounds of those playoffs, and that is just tough without one of those guys. So I I really always do try to get one of those anchor guys if I can. I'm not expecting to get Killer Waller at this point, so for me it'll probably be um, that next tier of guy, the Kyle Pitts, the Mark Andrews, Hawkinson, tier um guys that kind of go right around pick 50 although i might push uh pits up myself um i'm a big pits guy uh, i just I, I think he's gonna break all the tight end records like i understand that rookie tight ends do terrible but i he just he like he looks like megatron to me like he's the tight end version of megatron the guy's just a ridiculous beast he's like gronk and i just if gronk had come around in 2021 i think he would have a monster rookie season so i mean actually had a strong second half of this rookie season too but i i, I just think he'll have i think kyle pitts is just gonna be a beast from day one so I, I'm, I'm pretty high on him uh so um you know with the antonio gibson news he's starting to fall in drafts uh that's probably the biggest thing I, i've noticed here that i haven't seen in other rooms um the gibson uh thing injury definitely is a concern uh he's got turf toe and uh you know, the quotes haven't been great about it. He's like, yeah, I'm still rehabbing, and they didn't really do anything surgically to it, so I, I'm just not sure he's going to make it through the season. But um, And it looks like the, the drafts are starting to price that in. He was a guy that was going top 15, top 16 in most rooms. Uh, made it to the end of the second here, so that definitely is a little bit of a change. So uh, we're just starting. We're at, the, uh, we're at the second, third round turn. 
the tight ends, as I imagined, are off the board here. But again, a lot of these teams are going uh, super heavy running backs here. So uh, I'm going to actually put this board on my secondary screen so I can comment on it um, as I'm doing it. So um, I mentioned that the hyper fragile is the way to go. Uh, so far, uh, actually, only three teams have gone two running backs. Uh, one has gone ahead and drafted three running backs. But again, even some of these teams that did not in the third round are coming back. So in the first three rounds uh, of the draft uh, right now, uh, three teams have two running backs, or five teams out of the 12 have two running backs. And then I imagine that they're not going to draft them for a while. That That's the hyper-fragile way, and it's really affecting draft rooms. It's shoving up these running backs, and, you know, stud-wide receivers are available to me. I, I will get one of Michael Thomas, Amari Cooper, Allen Robinson, or F1, or even CeeDee Lamb. Like, I, I will get one of those. Julio Jones. Like, these are stud guys, and they are going to make it to me at the 3-4 turn. So again, it's just, it just shows you that uh, like you want to show up these running backs like Miles Sanders into the round, middle of round three, like, okay, but you're leaving a lot of stud receivers on the board. I think I will take Kyle Pitts in the fourth. It's super early, but I could just go four receivers. Michael Thomas and CeeDee Lamb, that would be a ridiculous wide receiver core. That would be a lot of fun. So I guess we'll see how it goes. Um, so Michael Thomas just went. Um, I could start up. I could try to get the Dallas stack. But I'm going to take CeeDee Lamb first. I like him the best of the bunch. Uh, I think he's going to have a monster season with a full healthy Dak for the entire season. Yeah, Mario Cooper went the next pick. We'll see if I even get Dak. I might not, unfortunately. Although I, I will take Allen Robinson if he pops back to me or Terry McLaurin and take my chances on uh, the other guys coming back to me in, in the fifth round. But again, like, you know, Hill Diggs Lamb is just a fantastic start. And you can, these guys who took two running backs in the first round, they're just starting the plan, right? This is what you do. You take two running backs early and you start pounding the wide receivers for a bunch of rounds. So, um, you know, I, I took CeeDee Lamb, but Cooper and Jones... Uh, these teams that have two running backs, they're just going to start taking these wide receivers. Um, and that, that's exactly what happened. Uh, all the receivers started to go. Um, so I can go Godwin or Woods, or I could jump Pitts. Um, I think I am going to take Pitts. Yeah, I'll take Kyle Pitts. I, I, I'm a believer. 4.3 is early, but... I really just do want to be um, a, a guy that has elite tight end production. I just my teams feel better with them. It's just a personal preference. Um, you know, you can definitely do without it. There, there are guys that have been successful the other way. For me, though, I, I just like, like to have that elite tight end play. Jamar Chase before DJ Moore, Chris Godwin, Robert Woods in this draft is definitely a hot take. Um, that's for sure. I, I I mean, I can't say much. I just took a rookie tight end, but uh, that's certainly surprising. That's definitely not normal. So again, as I mentioned, these teams that have taken now their two stud backs in the hyper-fragile mold are just starting to pound the receivers off the board. Jamar Chase, DJ Moore. So you're gonna. that's kind of how this works. It's like they'll take their two running backs in the first two to three rounds, 
and then they'll just pound the wide receivers for the five next four to five rounds. Um, it, it's basically how that that's the default strategy that people are trying this year because of what happened last year, and you know whatever. But I'm gonna show some kind of cool things that we can do by doing it the other way. So uh, we're at the four five turn at the moment. Uh, I know I know this makes fantastic podcasting. I was just kind of hoping this would go a little bit quicker to kind of prove the point. Um, let me think. What else? What I want to talk about best balls. Um, oh, uh, how many teams should I play in a best ball? Um, the, you know, that really comes down to your budget. Obviously, um, I'm going to be attempting to get to 150 of these bad boys. I'm going to be attempting to get to 150 in DraftKings. Um, I just like having a portfolio. I view it that way because I'm playing 150 teams. Um, I don't really want to be taking huge stands on everybody, but I, I do. There are guys that I just don't like and I won't have anywhere, but there are also guys I like that I do want to have a lot of exposure to in different combinations. So it really just kind of depends on what you're doing. If you're going to play 15, 20 teams, then you know you're definitely going to have to focus in on just jumping to get your guys. Um, something I don't have to do necessarily as much with 150 because in some rooms, like they'll just fall to you, right? That's just kind of how it goes. So in some rooms, guys will fall. So I, I don't have to just jump them up. Um, this Chris Godwin free fall is appealing. I, I don't know why he's free falling. Um, we are in the fifth round, and Chris Godwin is still on the board. I, I have no, honestly, understanding why. There he goes. He just went five point three. That's a nice. That's a nice steal for Chris Godwin. Um, but that that again. That's what I'm saying. Like. That guy might not be a Chris Godwin guy. And he's like, wow, Chris Godwin in the fifth round. Like, okay, this is a perfect chance for me to get that guy that I'm not super, super high on and get some exposure to him. So um, at the 5-6 turn, my running back options are going to be Miles Gaskin and Kareem Hunt. Um, Gaskin, I'm just not a Gaskin guy. He absolutely fits this type of zero running back build I, I think he's gonna lose a lot of red zone work to malcolm brown so that's why I, I won't go there but i completely would understand that um for me i think i'm gonna go ahead and take dak though i i love dak he's a mobile quarterback coming off the injury it's a little bit of a concern but um i i like um michael gallup as well so i will complete this stack a little later so the plan the plan here is to grab dak and then we'll probably go ahead and grab our first running back from the Javante Williams, Chase Edmonds tier. Or maybe even Kareem Hunt makes it back. That That is entirely possible. Um, so that's always intriguing. It's, it's, it's interesting to see. It's just, it just feels like all these drafts last year were different. And this year it's kind of just the same old, same old, same old. Um, you know, running backs early, then pound the wide receivers, and then... People will take tight ends and quarterbacks around pick 100, and it's just, I don't know. It's getting old. Um, I, I, oh, I, for, I always forget that that guy is so low in the ADP ranks, too. Uh, let's see. Um, so I'm going to take Dak, as I mentioned um, uh, here, so I, I can complete the stack. And, again, the guys behind me are just doing what what you do. You just take your two stack backs, and they're just pounding the wide receivers. Um, there's some good names left too. I mentioned Kareem Hunt for us as a running back option if we want to go that direction. Um, other players on the board, Kenny Galladay, um, Odo Beckham Jr. still on the board. So even after all these wide receivers, there's still a bunch of good ones available. Um, but 
uh, again, we have like three studs, so um, that's super helpful. Do, 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 do. I wish this, like, some of these drafts sometimes are just like a little quicker, uh, but I'm only going to do the first 10 rounds. I'm just going to kind of show you how you can start um, the zero running back thing here. Um, next week, or in two weeks, I will bring on a uh, football guest, and hopefully they can tell me why I'm right or why I'm wrong. Oh, man, Kareem Hunt is just a fantastic way to start zero running back. And Odell Beckham just went. It's close between Kenny Galladay and Kareem Hunt. God, I do, I do love Galladay. You know what? Just for the sake of the show, let's take Galladay here. Um, so, uh, just so I can talk about some more zero running back names. Um, that's probably a close call. Probably should take Kareem Hunt. Again, he's probably just an injury away from putting up elite numbers in that role. Nick Chubb, first round guy, first, second round guy. Um, getting him in the sixth round is really good value. But I love Kenny Galladay. I, he's a top 50 player on my board. So, it was a close call. Could have gone either way there. Uh, so some zero RB names that are still available. Just thinking about it uh, towards the end of round six. I mentioned Hunt. Javante Williams is there. Chase Edmonds is there. Trey Sermon is there. Uh, Mostert's there. James Robinson there. And I wouldn't be surprised if most of those names are there for us when we get back. Um, Kareem Hunt obviously won't be. But like I wouldn't be surprised if you know Sermon makes it back or an Edmonds or a Javante Williams make it back to us in the seventh Um you know, most of these teams now have their two backs and are just going to go ahead and just fire a lot of wide receivers. Um, there, there is the team, the occasional team, that will, will draft three early running backs. Um, there was one in this team as well. But it's just not as common as it has been in past years. Um, you know, teams are lining up to grab their quarterbacks and get those stacks completed. Um, so Russell Wilson went to the locket owner so the Metcalf owner couldn't take him. Um, you know, things like that. Uh, that that's kind of how setups are going. So, you know, I, I get the stacking idea. Obviously, I, I did it as well. Like, I, I got Dak for Lamb. I think that's probably, like, the most stable rule for best balls is you definitely want to be stacking them up. Um, I think that that's not just a small sample size thing. I think that's just common sense. We see that in DFS. If you're trying to maximize your weekly high scores, which you are trying to do here, again, you want to have those correlations. So, like, that I that I think is beyond just kind of like, a, hey, it's a 16-game sample size, which it was. Like, last year was a 16-game sample size. And, like, the number of games we're playing this year is different. So, um, I, I know I beat the point home, but it's the whole point of the podcast. So, I got to at least emphasize it a little bit more. And I got some time to kill because we're still in the middle of the seventh round. And, uh, again, these wide receivers are just flying off the board. Come on. Nobody get tempted by Javante Williams. Let me get Javante Williams at 7-10 on the podcast. I won't get that lucky. James Robinson went, maybe. Come on. Right, wide receivers. Oh, no, there he goes. Man, that team already has a bunch. Oh, that was the one team that uh, had uh, one running back. So, yeah, that was a good fit for him. Um, unfortunately, that didn't quite make it back to us. Oh, well. Uh, but, you know, we still have Damian Harris. We, we can start with Damian Harris as, as our running back one. Like, okay, that's a fantastic – I'm totally okay with Damian Harris as my running back one. Um, should have a should have a big role there uh, for that offense. So, um, works for me. Um, you know, Melvin Gordon available. Like, I mentioned I like Devontae Williams, but it could be Gordon. So, again, but, like, in the last three rounds – like, only five running backs have gone off the board and, like, 15 receivers have. 
So again, the quality of running back versus the quality of wide receiver. Like, I can get Damian Harris or Curtis Samuel. You know, I'm gonna go ahead and take Damian Harris as my running back one. Um, I don't even think Sony Michelle makes the Patriots. To be honest, I I, I don't see how that's gonna happen. So I, I he's a guy I'm really high on Damian Harris uh, as a result. Um, just don't think it's don't think it's an option. And why did you don't have the quarterback? You took. That's just rude. Uh, guy took Gallup off me. Come on, you don't have the stack. That's just rude. Rude. He's a reg. I thought he would. Um, I thought he would just give up Gallup there, but oh well. Annoying. I guess I probably should have done it the other way. I knew they were just going to go wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver. I should have just drafted it the other way. But whatever. Live and learn. Um, Michael Carter is another one of my favorite zero running back targets here. Um, but I'm going to take Raheem Mostert, as I mentioned. Um, you know, when he's played, been a, good, a fantastic guy. And, and again, like I'm trying to just get big weeks for my running backs, right? I don't need just the stable guy at this point. So we'll go ahead and take Raheem Mostert. Um, yeah, they drafted Trey Sermon. It definitely could be the Trey Sermon show. But, it, you know, the 49ers are a team that have had um, two running backs play big roles in the past. So, I, again, I know that Sermon definitely hurts Mostert, but I'm not drafting Mostert in the third or fourth round. I'm getting him at pick 90. So, again, I've built up. i got an edge at quarterback, an edge at tight end, four stud receivers, and, you know, because no one's taking these running backs, uh, I, I'm getting myself in a fantastic position here. I'll do the ninth and tenth rounds, and then we'll log off. Again, Siege Mentality Podcast brought to you by Fantasy Guru, uh, elite fantasy elite sports betting.com check us out we've got specials we got a special fantasy package going on right now 99 dollars. all of our sports over at elite fantasy through august 31st uh, it's it's three months of fantastic content you're gonna have euro soccer uh, olympics will probably be kicking off by then we'll see i guess on that one but baseball golf if it's a dfs sport we probably got it. So, again, EliteFantasy.com. Check us out. Um, I really appreciate you guys all for listening here. Uh, we're at the 8-9 turn here. Um, again, like, none of these running backs have gone. Like, Michael Carter still on the board. Um, it's funny. Like, this draft actually has a, has a team that's taken five running backs. So, like, even, even despite that in this league, which is a very – that's an outlier, right – I still was able to get Harris and Mostert to start my... Um, now, I am I should point this out. Like, if I'm going to do zero RB, I'm drafting five or six running backs, right? I am going to be taking more volume there uh, because I have the stud receivers. I don't need as many dart throws in the back end. Um, so I can take, you know, a few more... I can take, use up another roster spot on a running back. And so they can rotate. And again, right, I've got elite receiver play. So my wide receiver scores are going to be much higher than the average team. So I don't need my running backs to go win me weeks i just need them to not lose me weeks so that's definitely the key factor there as well uh tight the, the, the mid-tier tight ends as i mentioned so all these teams started to get three four receivers and the tight ends have started to roll off in round eight we had three tight ends go higby goddard and thomas so again another situation where um actually another one just went noah font right so then again like you get your two running backs then you load up on receivers and then you grab a tight end and it's just like everyone's running the same strategy. And it's just 
to me, it's just it sets up prime zigzag opportunities. Like everyone else is zigging, so there's value in zagging. And uh, I, I really think that if you try it in a couple of best balls, I just encourage you to try it. Now, you, again, don't do it from the one point one. Like you, you definitely have to be getting Kelsey Hill or Diggs in the first round, which makes sense. Um, you know, it's funny. I actually might do one. Just thinking about at some point how I think the Chiefs could have things locked up. I might do a Diggs Hopkins at some point just to have it. Um, because if, if the strategy works, I don't want to be all tied into the Chiefs every single time. Uh, but that will probably be when I draw the 1.12. I haven't drawn that spot yet. So when I draw it, that's probably when I'm going to go. But the wide receiver pool ha has definitely um, definitely weakened up here. So, you know, I'm looking at guys like McCole Harmon just went in the ninth round. Meanwhile, the running back department, James Conner, Tony Pollard, um, Kenyon Drake, who... Uh, you know, one Anthony Davis injury. I'm sorry, Anthony Davis injury. It shows you I'm recording this the day after Anthony Davis left the game hurt. But again, it's like these are good talents. James Conner could easily be the starter in Arizona. And now, am I projecting that? No. But could he be the red zone guy there? Absolutely. So again, you know, round nine. And in round nine, I could take Tony Pollard here. Um, it's probably what I'm going to do is take Tony Pollard. The wide receivers have just dried up, but that's fine. We have them, so we have them, um, so we don't need to worry about that. Tony Pollard, of course, fits in with my Dallas stack. I have Dak, I have um, Lamb, and, and so Pollard fits in as a nice receiving option there as well. So again, I, I mentioned I would do the first 10 rounds. I imagine I'm going to take James Conner when this comes back to me here. Um, I already got my – oh, I could take Matt Ryan, I guess, and set up the, the double stack with Arizona. That's not a bad idea, actually. I might do that. Russell Gage is a guy you can get a bit later, so I could go um, Ryan Gage uh, Pitts, and that's maximized when Julio Jones is traded. So, yeah, actually, I might do that, actually. I might go ahead and take Matt Ryan and change it up. But, again, I've got three solid running backs. Again, are they elite talent running backs? No, right? Of course, they're not your Derrick Henrys or your Jonathan Taylors or your, your Alvin Kamaras. They're not. But I don't need them to be. I just need them to get me... Average points. If they get me with the, at the league average in fantasy points, I, I'm going to be doing quite well against the field. And again, this year, more than one of these teams in underdog advances to that second round. So I don't need to finish first. I can finish second, third, get those tickets, advance. And then as my running backs get their jobs later in the season, you know, have more ceiling. Really, that, that's the end of the game. You have to play well enough to get yourself into the dance with the best team with the most upside. Um, so... That's the plan. I did go ahead and take Matt Ryan in round 10. I'll actually post my entire team uh, when I post the pause so you can see how it turned out. Leave your thoughts in the comments, of course. Um, if you haven't already, download, subscribe, and please, please, please give us that five-star review. It really does help us out. Next episode, I'll bring on someone who thinks maybe I'm wrong. If I can find someone with a contrarian viewpoint and tell me why the hyper-fragile um, is the way to go, I will bring them on if I can find them. But if not, I really appreciate you guys listening to the Siege Mentality Podcast. We'll see you next time.